0: Welcome to Straight Talk with NDSB. These are your hosts, Emery and Ezra. Today, we have a lunchtime conversation with Marshall Erickson, loan officer at Goose River Bank in Mayville, North Dakota. Marshall Erickson is a North Dakota Farm Bureau member and a longtime producer in the area. Join us for this laid-back conversation with Marshall about navigating rising interest rates, improving the value of land, and what to do with $100,000.
1: Marshall,
2: hi, man. Marshall, you looking all official over there?
1: Yeah, you know, I had, I dressed up just for this today. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I didn't know you worked, so this is a this. I'm learning something today.
1: Yeah, it's uh, sunny out, so you know I should be on the golf course by now. But yeah. <laughs> schmoozing. Where where's your studio?
2: Um, it is in the it's in the office at the shop. It's actually in my side of the office that I don't pay rent for. <laughs>
0: The freeloading over
2: here. But I, I thought what I would do is I would charge Farm Bureau rent (laughs) for doing podcasts for 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 doing podcasts in in this office, and then I would use that to then pay myself. uh, Like, uh, let's say we charge two hundred dollars rent, then then I would pay myself one hundred and fifty dollars, and I would pay Dad fifty dollars a month in rent. Oh, generous if you give him 50 bucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I figured, you know, over the course of a couple hundred years, I might pay for this side of the office.
0: <laughs> couple hundred years. Uh, well, welcome to Lunchtime Conversations with Emery and Ezra. And today we have Marshall Erickson along for lunch, except it doesn't look like he's eating lunch. So I'm not sure what that means. But yeah,
2: welcome, Marshall. It doesn't look like Marshall ever eats lunch.
1: Um, <laughs> uh, you know, what's going to be deceiving? Uh, yeah, I'm ready for summer to get a little more active, It's, uh, uh, but thanks for having me. Yeah. Great to be here. I've heard the podcast a few times and really enjoy them and, uh, jumped at the chance to get on. So thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. no, that's
2: great. So I guess maybe a, a brief introduction of yourself would probably be what we would In want order.
0: to hear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who is this guy?
1: Sure. I won't assume. Yeah. Everybody knows me.
0: Um, <laughs> I mean, that's like a fair assumption for like half of the state, but you know, like the one half of the state that hasn't met the infamous Marshall Erickson, I, I suppose that'd be helpful.
1: Hey, we had to ruin everybody's day <laughs> at some point today. So.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Infamous, not famous. Thank you for, for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. I've been in banking for about seven years. Almost eight years, basically right out of out of college, graduated from NDSU, had your business degree. Started banking right out of college. Kind of got trained in at a bank and uh, doing credit analysis, and worked my way into a loan officer position. So that's what I've been doing for most of the time. Grew up on a on a farm north of Fargo, uh, near some small towns, Galesburg, Hunter area. Help out with the family farm there when I when I get a chance, and and do a little bit myself, and. Certainly enjoy enjoy that as uh, my time off, so to speak. in, in quotations, uh, get to go work on the farm a little bit. Uh, enjoy my role as a loan officer, getting to know customers and farmers in the area. Yeah, other than that, uh, married and have three kids. And man, you're
2: up to three kids now. Huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, who's counting?
0: You know, <laughs> probably you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't know. I, I think parenting's probably the the biggest blessing in life. Seems like, you know, maybe other than getting married, but
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, it seems like with-
2: we're not married. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sitting here talking about marriage and like, there's kind of it's like, like this, ev- ever. every city right there. I'm just like, this is weird. Uh, no, but uh, uh, curious so as a loan officer, do you, and, and as a, as a farmer, do you, do you give yourself loans?
1: Uh no, that would be <laughs> some rules, definitely. Um yeah, zero percent. That's you know yeah. well, I was that. just
2: wondering because it sounds like all you need is a agri business degree to get into banking. So I was thinking maybe I should, you know. Uh,
1: yeah. You could do it. I am and I'm not really kidding. Um that's, <laughs> you learn a lot of it on the job, and a lot of it is just getting to know the people and and their character. And I'm um, obviously you gotta have a feasible business plan, but um, you know, I am blessed to. Have some really good people to work with when i first started banking and and then where i'm at here now maybe all at the goose river bank to have the right people around around me have been blessed that way um, to learn just how all the financing side works and and certainly it's an advantage to to know the, the farmer side of it too
2: yeah no for sure so, I guess you know you hear talks of interest rates and things like that going up is that, but it seems like my belief in it is that I don't know that the government can raise interest rates on themselves because we're in such a massive debt hole, so hmm. I mean, obviously, they've gone up a little bit what's so I guess what do you hear uh is gonna be the case with interest rates, say, in the next
1: five years? The feeling I get from the fed and or just you know doing some research and what's happened so far is you know rates have been low for. For quite a while um actually since i've you know started banking they've, they've been relatively low historically um so which is great for you know people needing to borrow and if you're just getting into the business or needing to refinance or whatever um it's great to take advantage of that but you know as everything goes in cycles so um really not shocking to know that or to hear that rates are going to go up and they've already started you know the prime rates have have, have moved already and. But yeah, I I agree that just the way with the government shutdown and everything that's happened in the last couple of years uh, with COVID, and um, they don't want to slow down the economy at all if, if possible, and while still needing rates to go up uh, with inflation and everything going on. So that it's going to be more gradual than I think they initially thought, and and uh, there's going to be a ceiling there of how much they can they can raise them. So. Somewhat good news for for people that need to borrow in the next couple of years. That you know, I don't think we're going to see any major um, spikes in, in rates. So, so what are you planting this year on 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 your farm? Planting, yeah, prevent plant is uh, getting more and more uh, likely. Unfortunately, you know, with commodity prices is the way they are, it's, it'd be great to get all the crop planted this year. And looks to be a good potential for profits, um, but. Uh, hasn't been favorable at all there's really not much any any planting going on on here right now personally i'm, I'm putting in corn rotation that's just where i'm at um but uh yeah it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a challenge but I, I think we've had wet springs before and i'm usually surprised at how quick people can get big crops planted when they get a good window so um with larger equipment and and whatnot to cover more acres quickly. It'll turn out better than than we're expecting right now. Just need to have a window of opportunity. So
2: Yeah, for sure. So as you're dealing with farmers on, I would assume, lots of land um, purchases and and different things like that, How what are some of the things out there that younger farmers or ranchers can take advantage of opportunities for uh, getting into land?
1: I uh, really enjoy that topic. That's, I mean... Just by nature of where I'm at in my career and, you know, just the demographic of uh, North Dakota farmers, that's uh, just a huge part of our business as a bank right now and, and uh, something I enjoy seeing the, the next generation get into it and get their, their feet in the water. So fortunately, it's, um, there's some, some really good programs, uh, mainly through the, the Farm Service Agency for, for low interest land, land purchase financing. They also have direct loans, direct loans through the FSA for for equipment and and land too. But one program we use quite a bit is uh, joint financing with with the bank and and the farm service agency for some pretty preferable rate terms and loan terms in general. So it is a little extra legwork, but it's worth it for the preferable terms. Uh, It helps to have a, a banker that has been through that process before and kind of knows how the FSA works and what they need and in my experience, it's it's good to have a kind of a buffer, so to speak, between the farmer and, and the FSA, just to kind of handle the some of the financing details. That especially if you're new at it, at borrowing for for land. So
2: no, that makes sense. It just and not that the opportunities always just come come at you. And and buying land right now, I guess to me, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You know, you're overpaying right now. I think for agriculture land. Um,
1: yeah, you you never never underpay for land is the problem. So uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's never I don't know. Yeah, it's rare to find you know a good deal, so to speak. And I would agree with you on on paper. The you know rate of return doesn't you know make a whole lot of sense. Uh, but there's there's other factors. You know, if it's uh, family land that you've been farming already um, or a relative. Uh, things like that as a part of your current operation, you know, makes a big difference. If, you know, uh, yeah, if it makes more sense to buy it. Yeah, location of the land, like, but yeah, even with you know, some some longer terms and, and lower interest rates, it's still still tight on the cash flow. It's kind of surprising just with what prices are at for land. So, so it seems to be a sustained demand for ag land. You know, there's always the local. Local supply and demand with farmers that are around you, uh, but also some some investors looking to invest in that.
2: I would imagine that Fargo diversion project has a lot of,
1: oh, you know, a lot
2: of 1031 guys are sitting on those trying to get something purchased, paying, especially in your area, probably just paying way too much for land. I mean, and things are high and they'll go down and those people sell the land and it'll sell for probably less than they bought it for, I would imagine, unless unless we're in an inflation trend where it doesn't you know it doesn't go back down but then we should be making more money at that point right so right. Corn, should, corn should always be at $7 so
1: yeah that's the thing uh, we get $7 corn and then cash rents go up and land prices go up but but yeah even like you said that 1031 exchange is, has affected it quite a bit and we're seeing i mean guys can sell land down in in Iowa and Nebraska and then you know buy Two for one acres up up here in North Dakota, you know. So that's definitely very getting more common.
2: Do you think that we would ever see a scenario play out where so in my opinion, as farmers, we we pay too much for cash rent, but we also pay too little. And and my theory on that is cash rent just goes for for round numbers, let's just say a hundred bucks an acre. So this quarter over here, that's fifty percent saline produces a subpar crop. The rest of it's okay. You can at least plant it every year. It's not wet, but it, and then you've got the wetlands in the corner or the wetlands in the middle of the field, hundred bucks an acre is what I pay for rent on that hypothetically. And then over, over here, you know, I've got this quarter that I can always plant um, maybe one or two wetlands, but they're not big nuisances and it's just not that salty. And I'm paying a hundred bucks an acre for that. As a drain tile contractor, the way I like to look at it is like, why are we not incentivizing good acreage? So if I've got if I'm renting a piece of ground and it needs drain tile, for example, there's no incentive really for the landlord to put drain tile in unless I say, Yeah, I I'll give you five percent on your hundred thousand dollar investment in drain tile, but then I have to up my cash rent significantly and it's and it's hard to get a, a return on that as the producer. It's not impossible by any means, because that's what I found working with farmers, the best way to convince a landlord is say, well, I'll just give you 5% on your money. But then the incentive is to chance on the project and get by as inexpensively as possible and maybe cut corners where long-term, it maybe isn't the best decision, but you're just trying to shoot for a dollar amount. I mean, do you think we could ever get to a point as a, because because you could obviously go to anybody and negotiate with them this idea. Mm -hmm. where we would pay $50 an acre for garbage ground and $200 an acre for highly productive ground that we know we can raise 200 bushel corn on plus consistently. Really, what's going to happen is then cash rent would be the same. I mean, it wouldn't really change. But then there's an incentive to to get that $50 an acre ground to a productive state Yeah. so that then the farmer would be willing to pay more for that. I, I don't know. What do you think about that?
1: You're on to something because yeah, I mean it comes you get the idea of, you know, your value, what's the land worth, you know, based on what it actually produces, not so much, you know, it could be the right soil type, but yeah, is it does it have drain problems? Does it have, you know, salinity problems, pH problems? So that's that's something that's come up with us too as far as financing land, getting appraisals done, things like that. It's like it would be nice to have some sort of value for what it actually Produces, you know on, on on the you can look at the map you can look at soil types and things like that and get a, a decent idea but um but yeah you could be paying you know like you said 100 bucks or more an acre on land that you know, maybe on paper looks good but it's you know three out of four years you're struggling you're, you're farming it's a,
2: you can you can have that tractor with tracks on it instead of wheels you know <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> i mean that that it's, and and there's obviously there's other government incentives that kind of Allow for maybe not the best practice um, in farming in general, but it's it's the world we live in,
1: right? But yeah. Um, so, but yeah, you're back to the you mentioned drain tile, and not to make a plug for you, but I, I'm happy to anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, just that investment. It seems like is one of the best investments out there. Is is the is for drain tile to improve the
2: yeah. What, do, what do you what do you guys see? I would imagine up in Mayville, you guys would do quite a few drain tile loans. I mean, what, what do you guys see that guys are getting a return on? That's a good question.
1: Um, the guys I work with are just getting into it. So they don't really know for sure yet what what their rate of return is that you can, you know, obviously you have the eye test of, um, you know, maybe we're not struggling with the, the low areas as much. They're getting into the field a little quicker or slowly getting that that average up it does take time even if you get grain tile in there um maybe you have a a drought and you know things like that so yeah maybe it maybe remains to be seen and you know, what i've heard some guys trying to do analysis on that some instances it's not as great as they thought in some instances it's like oh it's outstanding and you know we should have done this sooner so it, it seems like it varies quite a bit but on the farmer side you kind of know what land really needs it and what's What's going to produce? What needs it the, the most?
2: Right, well, I could talk about this all day, so that's maybe not, not best. But yeah, it, I think there, especially in a year like this, something like like drain tile would pay for itself just in the sense of well, are you farming or aren't you farming? You yeah, know, and, right. and and that's where it maybe pays. And then that salt and that saline is something that you that's more a longer term investment.
0: Do you see a Do you see an upward trend of of young producers getting? getting into farming or trying to get back to farming or do you see kind of like downward trends like we're seeing across other aspects of agriculture?
1: Yeah, it's definitely, as far as number of farmers, it's it's going to, I don't have any statistics in front of me, but yeah, just from kind of what our customer base is and what we're seeing, it's, there's going to be less farmers and, uh you know, the bigger farms get a little bigger. And, and uh, if you're fortunate to have a family farm that you can work into uh is just huge and then you know you're seeing if you're have some neighbors or some close by land that's that's becomes available from somebody retiring retiring that's pretty prevalent right now and like i said just with the demographics it's that's i mean that's the future of our bank that's the future of farming is younger guys trying to work their way into it and but it's pretty rare for somebody to start out without somebody backing them you know in some way so
0: so what are some of the keys to success you would say in bringing a proposal to the bank or, or putting stuff together what what are some of the things that you've seen the most successful producers do versus the most unsuccessful things
1: yeah we get a little bit of everything like you said scribbles on paper or um you know we get full-on business plans that you know we get get a little bit of everything so which is okay it's just you got to learn how to work with different business styles, so to speak. And um, you,
2: you can make a spreadsheet say whatever you want it to say.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, that's very true. Um that's very true. And you know, we joke about that too with you know you want a grower to bring in their projections for the year. It's you know kind of making you're making a liar out of me by putting these projections on paper because you know it rarely ever happens exactly like that. So you want the borrower to kind of dig into it on their own first as far as the numbers and say you know, certainly I can analyze the financials and say, you know, you have this much cash flow available for purchases or or profits or family living, you know, things like that. But it's great when the, when the borrower comes in and says, you know, I can afford to buy this and make this payment based on these projections. Then, you know, they're they're willing to put in the work and, and keep in track of their finances well. And, uh, you know, that's what works the best is when the banker is kind of your your partner to bounce things off of, you know, and just like, Hey, can you take a look at this and see if I'm kind of missing something or does this make sense? Yeah. I'd say the most successful ones are, are putting the plans together ahead of time and, and uh, just getting input from the loan officer after the fact. And, and obviously it's gotta, gotta make sense to the bank too, but.
0: So really treating your loan officer as a partner, but also realizing that it's your business and you're coming along and you're asking the bank, Hey, I want you to take part in my business, but it's my business. And I'm not, I'm not just going to be asking you, does my balance sheet say this year? Are you going to give me permission to farm another year? Please, please, please. (laughs) Instead be like, Hey, here's my business. And I want you to keep being a partner in my business because it's advantageous to you. Uh, That's kind of what you're saying.
1: Yep. exactly right. Yep. We want kind of them to take the reins, so to speak. And I would rather not hear, you know, the customer ask, well, can I afford this? It's like, well, you know best where you're at and you you should know. So you can you can get a handle on that right away. And certainly I'm willing to help, you know, just guys that are getting going, maybe uh, as beginning farmers to, you know, do some of the financial analysis and, and things like that. But uh, But yeah, we certainly want to partner with and not be the dictator.
0: What are maybe some of the warning signs that you see or that People should be looking out for when you know you start seeing, like, okay, it doesn't look like things are maybe solvent.
1: End of the year. I mean, you're gonna see really what actually happened and and uh where where are you at cash flow-wise, if the inventory you have on hand, can you can you make all your payments and have you kind of met your goals, so to speak? And so that's that's probably the first one of the first signs is this, you know, if you're you're having a decent year, but still not able to cash flow and, and, and make loan payments and, and things like that. That's that's probably where it's going to show up. And just the nature of farming, though. I mean, you get started in the spring and and um you know you want to keep in touch with the borrower and see how things going in the middle of the year too, but you know, until the harvest is in and, and uh see what what the yields actually were. It's um and that's where Henry, I guess, yeah, as far as warning signs, we want to do a year-end you know, analysis as, as soon as possible, just to see where you're at. And um, not that the loans are all due right away or um, we're flexible on that. It's just, just uh, to see all the year went as soon as possible to plan accordingly.
2: Let's go back to $100,000. So I've got $100,000 sitting in the bank at the end of the year. Am I better off investing that $100,000 into my business or into other avenues, or am I better off using that hundred thousand dollars as essentially my own operating line, uh, you know, starting to buy down, uh, um, commodities and, and, uh, y- you know, like your, your seed and your fertilizer and things like that in the fall. What, uh, what do you think is a better use of a hundred thousand?
1: Yeah. So in, in banker terms or whatever, it's, uh, terminology is working capital comes up quite a bit. So it's, yeah, well, it's basically that cushion, you know, you have your uh, current assets, less your, your current liabilities. you know, which is usually cash on hand and, and, and or crop inventory in the bin, things like that. So you really need that cushion just for unexpected events or, um, you know, you're able to make your, make your loan payments without being detrimental to your, to your other cash flow needs on the farm. As far as the 100000 you know, if you want to take into consideration what your interest rates are, you know, what I probably see more often is financing guys like you or an Emory on the farm is they're growing into the operation. Their operation is growing or they're um, needing to purchase assets. If their dad or whoever is going to be retiring soon, they're kind of planning for some uh, capital expenditures. So that's all kind of need to keep those in mind too, is, as far as what. Do you need some capital for some some purchases? Longer term low interest rates, you know, you're probably not going to want to pay those down early. You know, keep it'd be probably better to, to keep some cash on hand for working capital. So I probably should be more specific, but there's just so many factors too. But but I'd say the big one is just working capital and you know, visit with your banker on what what level of working capital you, it would it's healthy to have based on what your payment loan payments are and and operating expenses.
2: Yeah, I found the hardest thing to hold on to is is cash, and so, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you Light know, match, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's it's tough because it, you know, you if if you have this money, you could try and invest it into something, whether it's in your business, land, mm-hmm. uh, whatever, to get some kind of return on it, yep. or you mm-hmm. can uh, lower your risk and self finance. I I don't know. You it almost it seems like if in farming. If somebody can get to a point, this is tricky because I think this is a multi generational thing. It would be to get to the point where you are self financing your farm, you know. And and not to take business away from you, Marshall, but I don't think that would ever happen. Yeah. Because everybody thinking? needs the bank to probably get started in farming, unless yep. they got uh, a pretty sweet deal, which which is which is great, you know. But uh
1: yeah, no, that, that's all good good points. I mean, like you said, you're at least you're. If you put that money, if you make purchases with that money and, and don't really keep that cash on hand, at least you're in theory getting a return on it. It's uh, earning assets. It's hard to hard to argue with that. Uh, at least you're putting the money work to work. So so yeah, certainly there's a I think just a certain level of working capital in general. You, it's healthy to have on hand just for things that come up. But but yeah, as long as the cash flow is looking good, and you know I've had this discussion with borrowers plenty of times. Like, oh, should I? Should I buy this next year, or this year, or whatever? And you know, I've got this much cash on hand. And you know, I'll say, well, let's let's look if you do buy it, what your payments are, and and uh, how much cash you're going to need going forward. And yeah, it's just good to sit down with your banker and come up with the plan that way.
0: What would be a tip for somebody, you know, to
1: get stuff in order? This might be a millennial thing, but yeah, I mean, I put almost everything on Excel. It's easy to organize and and whatnot, but. Um, there's definitely we have some forms to use, or it seems like just every every borrower is, is so much different in how they want to organize it, how they want to view it. Certainly, it's going more towards you know the Microsoft Excel and, and things like that, and on the computer, digital. But we also have you know some templates we can we can give out uh, to help with that. We do our financial analysis on software at the bank, and and uh, sometimes it works out. We can just do it directly from from that software um, as far as the template and. You know somebody starting out fresh and wanting suggestions from from their banker you know I could make it a little more seamless between the the borrower and the banker of how we receive the information and and uh, where we save a little inputting hopefully on on both our parts but yeah even just starting out with uh you know you have your starting out with the cash flow of your in gross incomes and operating expenses and then you know showing your loan payments and, and everything like just doesn't have to be complicated by any means. Just, you know, having a simple cash flow and a plan together is, is a good place to start. I mean, communication of course always comes up with, you know, and so I'd say that's another another priority to to make note of is, is get a marketing plan together. Uh, goes a long way with with the bank too, to know that you're you're setting goals for prices, and you're you're taking some risk off the board uh, by using you know uh, options or cash contracts or basis contracts and, and and more than that too. So so if that's if you're taking risk off that way with your prices, and you know the bank thinks that takes that into consideration too with interest rates and and just perceived risk of of the operation touched a little bit on too, and uh, having a long term plan with if you are. Succeeding in operation, if you're a successor, um, getting long-term plan that way with with the bank as well. If you're needing to purchase assets, you're buying the farm out at some point, and what works best for the previous generation and, and the new generation on on how to make it feasible to take it over and, and be profitable, and and for the previous generation to exit profitably and and tax wise and everything, all those so many different factors coming to, to play there. And that's an area of interest for me. Uh, I, I took uh, some succession planning certification, So I've, I've been certified uh, for that. And just at least to have that background of what needs to be taken into consideration and, and uh, it's just so prevalent with beginning farmers and yeah, the sooner the better for a success, succession plan is, is great. So the farmer definitely wants to to start looking ahead like that and so so does the banker want to see you know where where is this operation headed and certainly opportunities come along and and um, pickups come along too that you know can with setbacks and, and everything like that but
2: well i thought you said pickups oh yeah and i was like well yeah that's true pickups. yeah is <laughs> goose river that must be a, is that a local bank to mayville or
1: yep uh, I believe it's yep started in in Mayville, and I believe it's might be the oldest state bank left in North Dakota. We have three branches, uh, so branches located in Hatton and Hillsboro, North Dakota. And just with the nature of technology and everything, it's it's exciting to see we can I mean really have have clients anywhere pretty much anywhere in North Dakota, Minnesota. So being able to do things electronically and over the phone and email and of course I make it a point to get out and visit customers' as often as I can. And really it makes more sense for me to come out to your office than it comes than it is for you to come to mine, just the way, way things go nowadays and try to be as flexible as possible and, and make it convenient. And but yeah, no, well, that's that's where I'm at and happy awesome. to visit with anybody that has questions.
0: You've been listening to Straight Talk with NDFB. You can find Marshall's contact information in our show notes today. If you'd like to join Ezra and I for lunchtime conversations, shoot us a message. Have a great rest of your 2022 planting season.